Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Servants through whom you believe, 
as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who, plant, who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. This is the word of the Lord. Let us stand as we sing the Alleluia verse. <laughs> Anything more than this comes from evil. 
This is the gospel of the Lord. chapter 3 verse 9 for we are God's fellow workers you are God's field God's building this is our text so what's happening in the Corinthian church in verse 2 of our reading Paul accuses the Corinthians of fleshly thinking and he goes on to say in verse 3 for while there is jealousy and strife among you are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? There is jealousy and strife, a ton of divisions. And further in this epistle, we find other divisions. Not only do we have divisions in the Corinthian church based upon what pastor they followed, we also have a division where there's a man who is sleeping with his stepmother. More division. The Corinthians, they're suing each other left and right. More division. There's an argument whether or not to eat food sacrificed to idols. More division. There's even divisions in the Lord's Supper between the haves and the have-nots. The richer members of the congregation brought all of the food and gorged themselves in the morning while the have-nots missed out on the Lord's Supper coming later in the day after they got off work. They couldn't enjoy the love feast prepared earlier by the richer members. The point being, the Corinthian church suffered from a ton of divisions, even more than what I list here. As Paul states, their divisions were evident that they were not thinking in a spiritual way, but only in a fleshly, a merely human way. The Corinthians lost sight of their first love, God. And what of us here today? Do churches still struggle with the problem of division? When does legitimate debate and conversation turn 
into division. When does deciding whether what carpet we have in the name of the church, when does that go from an honest debate to a divisive issue? We have legitimate differences. We're all not going to agree on the various decisions the church makes in ministry. We may be for or against fortitude using our facilities. Pastors at serving conferences may have spirited conversations about a wide range of ministry topics. Pastor Copeland and I may disagree on a ministry topic. But when does that disagreement become divisive? It becomes divisive when we harden our heart against our neighbor. Yes, when we harden our heart to someone when we disagree with them in the church. There's a point when disagreement becomes division. And once it becomes division, it is a sin. It is always a sin to divide God's church. God calls on us to maintain the unity in the church. And that unity comes through love. Martin Luther observed that the epistle of 1 Corinthians is all about love. 1 Corinthians is about putting first things first. And our first love is always God. As the Apostle John reminds us, we love because he first loved us. Divorces do not arise overnight. A divorce does not happen when a husband and wife get into their first argument. Divorce happens when husband and wife harden their hearts against each other. Likewise, divisions in the church do not arise overnight. We, we must be on guard lest we be found with a hard heart. When we cross that fine line from legitimate debate to sinful division. Just as a husband and wife must be reminded in an argument why they love each other, so too we must be reminded why we love God in the first place. And that is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We must not have our eyes fixed on the things of this earth, the earthly things, the fleshly things, but toward the heavenly things. And we can get so lost in the weeds of the business of the church that we forget the true mission of the church. And the point being is this, we can't be weighed down by fleshly thinking. And when, when there's division in the church, God's field is left unattended. Ministry grinds to a halt when there are divisions in the church. And this is why we seek to to avoid division and promote unity. Division in the church hurts everyone. It damages our witness, it damages God's field, and when there are divisions in the church, there is no good side of the division. In other words, we must first take the log out of our own eye in division before we take the speck out of our neighbor's eye. In conflict, that means that we must repent of our own sins before we address the sins of others. And we must be reminded that our spiritual battle is not against flesh and blood. 
It is not against our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, but against the powers and the principalities. We must see that our enemy is never, ever our brother and sister in Christ, but the evil one. The evil one tempts us to forget our first love, to forget our love for God, and to seeks to pit us against our neighbor. He seeks to sow division, just as he showed sow division between our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they ate of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Satan wants us to only think in fleshly terms. He wants us to think using only human ways and human wisdom. We cannot be weighed down by human ways and human wisdom to determine the success of the ministry. How often does the fear of a shrinking church cause division? Fleshly thinking would see a, a mega church as a key indicator of success. As in the business world, numbers don't lie. Yet, in many of those megachurches, once the pastor leaves, the church quickly dwindles. In reality, that ministry was no ministry at all. It was just a cult of personality. And that's Paul's point. Paul or Apollos are not the ones that cause the growth, but God alone is. The growth that Paul is speaking of here is not specifically about numerical growth of the church, though that includes that, but rather Paul is more speaking about the growth here in discipleship. Paul is telling the Corinthians that he is expecting them to grow from spiritual milk to spiritual solid food, from being infants in the faith to reaching spiritual maturity. And with that spiritual maturity, we can love with the love that Paul proclaims in 1 Corinthians 13. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Spiritual maturity means that we see the church as God sees the church. The church before God is an unblemished bride, perfect before his eyes. When fleshly eyes see the church, we can see just so many divisions, can't we? We think of divisions here. I can think of some. We think of the Saturday night church, the 8.30 service, and the 11.05 service. But when God sees the church, he sees the church as it really is. We are one and together. And we are united by the love by which God gives us. We must be reminded of our identity in Christ. God, Paul here identifies us as God's field and God's building. And these are places where God works to grow his people in faith and in love. Paul proclaims, I planted Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. Now, one of the things I like doing is gardening. And there's a lot that goes into gardening. Making raised beds and bringing bags of dirt and compost. And mixing the bags of dirt and compost with the tiller. You know, whenever I work with the tiller, after I'm done, my arms are still shaking and they feel like they can just fall off. You know, it's just what it is. And then comes the soaker hoses and setting up the timers for everything, a lot goes into gardening. 
and even more into farming. And as many of the farmers here can attest to, you know, they have that faith here, that once you put that seed into the soil, it is up to God to give the growth. You can plant the same field with the same raised beds, with the same stuff, use the same soil, use everything. And one year you get a bumper crop, and the next year you don't get much of anything. One year we planted potatoes and we got lots of potatoes out of our raised bed. In another year in the same raised bed with the same soil with everything the same, we got a lot of vines coming out of the raised bed, but after we dug around in the raised bed, we didn't get a lot of potatoes. Indeed, we do what we're responsible for, but it is God who gives the growth. And what Paul is saying here is it's not the pastor's job to grow the church. God is the one who does so. It is not up to Paul, the senior pastor, or Apollos, the associate pastor at Corinth, to grow God's church. This is only something God can do. This is a dreadful burden placed upon pastors. They're the ones responsible to grow God's church. The pastor's responsibility is to plant and water to preach God's word and administer the sacraments. And they must be faithful in their duties for sure. But beyond that, it is God who gives the growth. God's word works in your hearts because you are his field and you are his building. And a lot of churches are struggling after COVID and worship attendance is struggling to get back to the, the way it was before COVID. But regardless of how we measure things by human metrics, we must be confident that the Lord is behind the preaching and teaching here at St. Paul's. And he is the one who is working in our hearts. He is the one who is causing us to grow in him. That we grow from drinking spiritual milk to being raised up to eat spiritual solid food. And even attaining that maturity is by God's grace alone. We must cast off the flesh and all of his desires and remember our first love, God. Through Christ you have been made a part of his vine. He is the vine and we are his branches. He is the one who gives to us the gift of eternal life. And that gift changes our perspective on everything. The message that Christ has conquered death changes how we see the world. And this is the depth of God's love for us. That God's love took him deep into this world, deep into the very dirt itself, deep into the grave, so that we may rise with him. He took on our suffering so that we may suffer no more. The cross, the foolishness of God, is God's love letter to a world that turned their backs on God. Our Lord looked upon his people and saw a people without a shepherd, divided and fighting amongst themselves. And they all united in rejection of him, and that rejection killed the Lord of glory. And mysteriously, we too were there. We too were present in that rejection. It was our sins that nailed Jesus to that cross. In his, in his rejection, Christ was reconciling the world 
to himself. Your fleshly eyes only saw a rabble-rouser, a disturber of the peace, a criminal dying on the cross. But for those who have spiritual eyes, we know the Lord of glory died for us to give us the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. You are God's field. You are God's building. A building needs a firm foundation to rest on. And we rest upon the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. Peter tells us in his epistle that we are spiritual stones. We are all united into one building. We are his temple. And as God's building as his temple, we ought to act as those who are his building. We are called to holiness, to live holy lives in the light of what Christ has done for us. We're all God's building and we all share the same Holy Spirit who unites us and gives us the same love, to love God and to love others. You have been baptized into that very same spirit in the waters of holy baptism. You have been made God's very own child. And in the church, we ought to act as those who are baptized, those who have received the full remission of all of our sins, and to love our neighbor in the light of which God has loved us. And that means that in the church, we're better together. We must be reminded that we are God's field, the place where God works in our hearts to bring about his bountiful harvest. We're God's building, and we're united together. And here are all the things that were united together from the book of Ephesians. Here are the things that were united in. We're one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Our Lord's compassion for us, the Father's love by sending his Son for us, changes our lives. He showed us that compassion when his son died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And through his resurrection, he gives to us victory. And that victory changes how we see the entire world. Because we know that in Christ, we are united in him. We're united in his death, and so we are united in his resurrection. We both share in his death and in his resurrection, and are united to his body, the church. Brothers and sisters in Christ, pray unity. Pray that all of the senseless divisions in the church cease. Today and every day at St. Paul's we are bound together in the love of Christ. That is our love. Our first love. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.